Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Today is a bonus episode from interviews that I got to do with the Global Leadership Network, who puts on one of the largest leadership conferences in the world with hundreds of thousands of attendees across the globe. In this interview, I got to talk with the one and only Rory Vaden. Now, the Global Leadership Network intro will tell you who he is in a second, so enjoy the show. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If you don't know what you need to work on as a leader, you know who does? Everybody else. The pathway to your greatest potential is straight through your greatest fear. If you want your team to stay relevant, lead your team into the unknown. Wouldn't it be great if we said the purpose of work is discover that which you love? We don't all have to have the same style. We don't all have to have the same goals. But with good values and a vision, everyone can be a leader. Hi, Global Leadership family, and welcome to the Global Leadership Summit podcast. I'm Paula Ferris, your host for the GLS podcast. Had the honor to be one of the co-hosts for this year's summit as well. And our goal here on the podcast is just to give you some fresh, actionable, and inspiring leadership content for leaders like you that are on the go. We want to put some tools in your hands. We're going to hear from Rory Vaden, one of our favorites here at the summit. And his session really just resonated with so many. For those of you that were there, and also for those who haven't been able to see the session yet, Rory talked about how to multiply your time. I know it applies so much to my own life, but Rory encouraged us to develop a new relationship with time, to think about time in a more strategic manner. So in this podcast, elite executive coach Jason Jaggard is going to sit down with Rory to really unpack the surprising and counterintuitive ways that you might be wasting time without even realizing it. And he draws out from Rory some really practical strategies to gain productivity and increase your quality of life. It's a really fascinating conversation. So without further ado, here's Rory and Jason. Hey, Rory. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait for this conversation. Well, thanks, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for speaking at the summit. And also, just to say this uh, frankly, we're also living in a in a post COVID world or a current COVID world, and which means mm-hmm. things have radically changed. And things not only have radically changed, but they've changed, uh, or they're changing almost every day, it seems like there's new, uh, new information, new strategies, just this whole pandemic has introduced us into a season of rapid change. Uh, one question that I might lead off with is, uh, is time management still relevant when there's so many like serious things going on when there's so many, so much tragedy going on? Why is it still appropriate to talk about this idea of how we manage time? Yeah, well, so let's start a fight early because um, the I, I don't believe in time management. Like, the time yeah. management is a total misnomer. Like, yeah. you cannot manage time. There is there. I cannot pause time. I can't fast forward time. I can't rewind time. Like, time continues on whether I want it to or not. So there is no such thing as time management. There is only self-management. Mm. There is managing your emotions, managing your focus. It is it is is managing yourself and what you choose to do. And I think that self-management is more important 
today than or as important today as any other time in history. I think it's more relevant, though, today because di- distraction and dilution is is so rampant. Yeah. And and that, I think, really makes this like a critical, you know, a critical time. And, you know, just to, you know, t- Dr. Covey, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Mm-hmm. The book sold 25 million copies. Here's a, here's a thing about that book that a lot of people probably don't know or haven't thought about. Um, that book, amazing, right? Yeah. Changed, yeah. changed the, changed the world. But that book was written in 1989. <laughs> and, and I just want you to think about for a second how different the world is today than it was in the year 1989. Yeah. Radically Radically different. different. Yeah. And, and so that's why I think, you know, when, when we started to notice that, that the multipliers, the ultra performers, there were things that they were doing in how they were processing decisions that was different from everybody else it's because they've they have evolved because you you can't solve today's time management challenges using yesterday's time management strategies yeah and i appreciate you saying that rory because and this is what i loved about your talk you introduced this new phrase uh not just managing time but actually multiplying time mm. and as soon mm-hmm. as i heard that i was like yes like that's if that's 10 times better even if it was possible to manage time i don't want to manage time i want to multiply time can you talk a little bit more about that yeah, so uh, it, it, that's the thing is, is when people th- when people think of like you know control time, you can't really control time. But if I say you can multiply time, everybody the first time they hear it, they typically think it's a superlative, like it's an exaggeration, and they go, yes. "Well, you can't multiply time." Yeah. It, and and it is true that there's nothing that we can do to add more time to one given day, right? Like we all have the same 24 hours, which is 1,440 minutes or 86,400 seconds. And there's nothing that I can do in my power to add more time today. But that's exactly the problem is that what most people do is they wake up in a world and they they ask themselves, what's the most important thing I can do today? Yeah. And that is not how multipliers think. Hmm. What multipliers do is completely different. They... Um, the urgency calculation is evalu- evaluating everything through the lens of a 24-hour window. What's the most important thing I can do today? What multipliers do is they evaluate their decisions based on what we call the significance calculation. The significance calculation is breaking free of the paradigm of today, and they're instead thinking about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So the question is is totally different. It's not what's the most important thing I can do today. It's what are the things that I can do today that create more time tomorrow? Mm. What are the things I can do right now that create time for me in the future that I would not have otherwise had? That is what we call the significance calculation. And, you know, the Procrastinate on Purpose book, which is my talk at the summit, was based on it. The focus funnel is is really the five tactical ways to multiply time, but it's all based on the significance calculation of thinking about tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and, and the significance calculation changes everything. So then let's pop that into a, a post-COVID conversation, because I would imagine that there's a challenge to, to, to dissecting what's the most important thing that creates time tomorrow when 
things are so up in the air and, and people are trying to make a, a multiplicity of plans. Can, yeah. if you were like, and I'm in that situation now with like me and my leadership and my company and my clients, I would love to get some free consulting. Uh, like what would you say to a person <laughs> yeah. who's having to wake up every morning and the landscape's changing? Sure. So if, if, if I can, let's actually go backwards a little bit. Cause I think it'll clarify this to pre COVID and post COVID, right? Um, so yep. we got PC, PC, go back to the era of P PC. Yeah. Um, there, people were aware of tools like digital file storage. Yes. Of virtual meetings. Yeah. Building an email list. Building, you know, like our company, Brand Builders Group, actually teaches people how to build digital ecosystems to drive revenue. So w funnels and uh, copywriting and websites and to kind of create commerce on the internet. Yeah. People have known about those things for years. B just building a contact database, um, mm. getting getting cell phones to do text messages, um, and and backing up your, yeah, your, you know, your files to the cloud. People have known about those things for years. And some people said, I, I don't have time to learn that. Huh. I don't have time to set that up. I'm too busy to do that. Yeah. And other people said, I don't have time to learn that. I don't have time to set that up, but I feel like I have to because I feel like the world is moving virtually. And, and that's the difference of a multiplier is the, the person mm. who didn't make the time to do it on the front end, what they're experiencing now is time division, a rapid deterioration, deterioration of their time. They're scrambling backwards while trying to manage all of the, the current issues associated with a pandemic and a recession and, and, and everything like that. The person who didn't have the time in the first place, but said, you know what, I've got to create the margin somewhere to do this. They're multiplying. And so I think what you're going to see here is a split. Uh, you're going to see a split and the split actually started before by decisions that were made before the before the crisis. And now the people who made those decisions, their time is multiplying. They're already ahead, not in a linear way, but in, in an exponential way, because the people who didn't do it, they're having to do all that plus fight off the all the normal crisis that everyone else is having to fight off is so in a post covid world now it's just like it's it's it is urgent critical like you have to learn online business yeah. immediately yeah. you have to build your customer list yep. you have to connect on social media you have to have a podcast a youtube channel like all of that stuff that if you resisted it before it's like you you and, and you have to set up a virtual work team and virtual and policies that support you know virtual work and infrastructure that supports virtual work and marketing and sales strategies that support virtual work if you're going to multiply in the future so all it did was accelerate the 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 trend that was already happening yeah, and I that that gets me thinking about the funnel you talked about in your talk, which was incredible, and also just a shameless plug. I loved your book, Procrastinate on Purpose. It's so dense with great and case studies. Like uh, it's just, it's really great. I highly recommend people getting it. Uh, and what I hear you saying, Rory, you. is in a face to face world. Because I'm thinking now, the funnel and one of the, the key traits of the funnel you, you talk about automation. 
And yeah. And, I, and I, what I hear you saying is in a face-to-face -face world, automation is actually more difficult, but in a virtual world, automation becomes easier because you're, you're dealing with zeros and ones versus with uh, you know, X and Y chromosomes. It's, it's easier to scale your virtual platform than it is to scale a face-to-face -face platform. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah, that is absolutely true that it is easier to... It, it's, it's not necessarily the virtual platform. Here's an interesting dichotomy, I think, for leaders, what is happening in a world today is, is you know, leadership used, used to be and still is about building and developing people. But multiplication happens through also building and managing processes, which has also always been true. But it, there are virtual tools and virtual and digital opportunity to multiply processes much faster. And, you know, one of the things I said at the summit, and this is in my TED talk and is a, is a, is a signature component of automation, is that automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. Hmm. Automation is to your time what compounding interest is to your money. Just like compounding interest takes money and it turns it into more money, um, automation takes time and it turns it into more time. So hmm. if you just look at it, let's just use uh, you know, customer acquisition, yep. you know, if you're a business, it, it would be a donor. If you're a nonprofit, it would, it would be a, a tither if you were a church. But if you go, how do I get these people? Yeah. And in a, in an, in an offline world, it was, let's all get together and build community and trust and let's, let's commune and have fellowship. And out of that trust comes the shared interest for donating or supporting or purchasing or buying. Um, but if you look at what creates trust, trust is not necessarily just about time in person. It's about time together in general. Um, it's, you know, if you and I were together in the same room right now, it's possible that our relationship would accelerate at a, at a speed higher than what it is now by being virtual. Yeah. But I actually think that would be marginal. That would be a, a, a marginal addition to the fact that we're just spending an hour together. And the fact that we're virtual is sort of insignificant to the calculation. Yes. Which means that if, um, if I recorded this video and you watched it, even though I wouldn't know you, you would feel like you knew me. This is the encounter we have when we read somebody's book. Yep. Um, and that is probably a degree less than what we're doing now in a live conversation, but it's only a marginal degree less. Meanwhile, the, multi the multiplicative value of that is that I could, I could take the time to record one video and then I could spend my time, energy, and resources making sure thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people watch this video, which is what a funnel is. Yeah. And I might not have the same level of connection. I, I wouldn't have the same level of connection as if we were having dinner together, but I would have some significant connection still from that, from that shared experience. And that is what business leaders and church leaders need to do is to figure out how can I use automation tools to build relationship. What I love about what you're saying is, and I've never thought about it this way, is you, automation allows you to scale uh, trust. And 
that's a powerful thing to be able to scale trust. Trust is one of those hard, it takes forever oftentimes to create trust and to earn trust. And what you're t- saying is that multipliers have a different kind of mindset where they have discovered through automation how to scale trust in a way that builds those healthy relationships so they can create mutual value for each other. That that is exactly it. And and you know, like for an example, so RoryVadenblog.com is this place and people tell me they're like, it's insane how much stuff you give away for free. And they're like, why would you give it away for free? It's like, well, I'm not really giving it away for free. What I'm really doing is I am automating trust. I am scaling trust. I am accelerating trust without adding time to my calendar so that when something comes up that I, I do have an ask for people to buy my book or buy my course or like whatever the new thing is that I'm working on. Yeah. The trust is already there in advance, and that's how trust works, right? You build trust before you need it, but automation tools give us the the chance to do that. Now, that's on the front end of the business. That's like what a business owner would call marketing and sales, but it's also scaling the internal operations. Um, So a lot of people don't know this probably about me because you know a lot of times speakers are sort of like that's what they do is they study and they research and that's that's their thing but i'm really an entrepreneur hmm. um my wife and i in our last business um we 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 started it and then 12 years later we had scaled it to eight figures we had 200 people on our team and we exited that business yeah and part of what we did was um and what part of what we do now and uh, what we've always done as entrepreneurs is to go, how can I automate the the recruiting, the hiring, the training for everything? And like at Brand Builders Group, our team knows we have a policy that we should never, ever, ever have to answer the same question twice. Hmm. If anybody has a question... You do not answer the question. You make a video that answers the question and you store the video somewhere where everybody wow. who would ever have that and who would ever need the answer to that question would be stored. And all our 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 brand builders group today, our entire like operation, the goal is to automate every single internal process so th- so that not to replace people but so that we can free people up to have their creativity and their innovation yeah. reallocated towards solving bigger problems and, and, and towards, you know, the future. That's incredible. And just so our listeners caught that, cause that is gold in terms of asking the question, what, what are the, what are the questions that I'm answering over and over and over again? What are the conversations that I'm having over and over and over again? And how can I automate that? Now, just for, as a tactical way, do, is there software? Are there programs that you use for people as I'm thinking about CEOs and managers and people in different parts of the world who are almost like, feel like they answer questions for a living? Are there, what are the best resources you found that allow them to capture their answers? And then I would imagine archive them in some kind of searchable way. Yeah. So here's what we do. I do Zoom videos by myself all the time. Hmm. And I record the video and then I upload it to YouTube unlisted. And then we archive the links and send the links out to the team. That's great. It's Zoom and YouTube. It's here's the thing. It's not about the technology. It's about the it's it's about the mentality. 
it it's not the technology it's the mentality strategy and mentality are always more important than technology everyone asks the wrong question what's the best technology who cares technology <laughs> can be made to do whatever you need it to do yeah. what you need is is the right is the right mindset right and and here's what the here's the restriction as as an entrepreneur um, as a ceo uh, I, I'm actually not the CEO of Brand Builders Group. My wife is. I uh, we're we're co-founders, but uh, in this venture, she's the CEO and I'm the CMO. Yeah. Um, but the executive, whatever level, and it's the same for a pastor. Somebody asks us a question, and we all tell ourselves, "I don't have time to make a video and upload it." It's faster yes. for me to just answer the question. Yeah. And and here's the part that's crazy, right, Jason, is that is true once, maybe twice. But by the time you answer that question three or four or five times, it's never true when you make the significance calculation. When mm. you evaluate it through the long-term lens, it is always, always faster to answer document and archive that one time and then send them a link or just make the link available and i think this is the this is the big movement too here i think for for decades companies have been consumed with saving money yes think about it we have teams of people who count money and create reports and track financial statements and scrutinize every purchase order like we can get our pens for 10 cents cheaper over here meanwhile ceos and business leaders and entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders ignore the gigantic gaping cavernous maw and pit of all the ways that we waste time hmm. nobody tracks how are we wasting time nobody says what questions are we answering the same over and over and over again nobody says you know should we still be doing the same process that we did 10 years ago and that is where we're losing money that the next generation of cost savings is not about saving money it's about saving time because mm. time is way more valuable than money. In fact, time is the one thing that turns money into more money yeah. via compounding interest. Like time is the asset. It's the, it's the scrutiny and, and it's, it, it's going in, and, and, and um, so here's one more parallel on this with time and money because yeah. it's, the more the more that I've wrestled with this and spent time with this concept, the more I've realized of the the parallels of time and money, because um, it's just like investing. If if I said you know uh, you know hey Jason the the key to building long term wealth is to invest you know invest your money, everybody goes well yeah of course I've heard that I know that but I. I don't have extra money to invest. Right. None of us do. Like no investor when they first start out has extra money to invest. What happens is you have to sacrifice something in the short term. You have to say I'm not going to buy a TV. I'm not going to buy a car. I'm not going to go on vacation. I'm going to downgrade my house. And by that short-term sacrifice, this is what we call procrastinating on purpose. This is where the title of the book comes from. It's that short-term sacrifice is what creates the margin of money. By not buying the TV, I then take that $1,000 and I invest it into something, 
right? Something that invests. And instead of spending that money, I invest it and that money grows. And so investing your money is like building an army. It, it, it compounds, it scales, it spawns, it grows. Spending money is like killing your army. Yeah. The same thing is true about time. Hmm. It's, uh, there's things that I can spend time on, you know, that, that multiply it. And there's things that I can spend time on, like answering a question, which it just, it's like killing the time. I never get that time back. Yeah. And that, and you, you actually, in, in your book, you mentioned a formula for this, and I think it's incredibly tactical and incredibly helpful in terms of cultivating an automation mindset. Can you talk about the, I'm going to say it wrong. It has the number 30 in it, the, 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 the principle. The 30 X rule. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so the 30 X rule. So actually this is in the delegate. Technically this is in the delegate chapter. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, we have the focus funnel and, you know, we may not be able to get through all of it. You guys can maybe throw a picture up on the website. If you can't eliminate something, then you say, can I automate it? If you can't automate it, it drops down to delegate. And the thing of it is, is delegation is that thing where we go, I know, well, here's what I want leader. Okay. You who are listening leader, just ask yourself this question. Are there things that you're doing right now in your day-to-day routine that somebody else that you know for a fact that if you took the time, you could train somebody else to do those tasks for you? The answer is yes, right? <laughs> and you yes. could make a list of those things. But, and, and so my next question would be like, okay, if you know there's things you're doing that you could train someone else to do, why haven't you done it yet? Like, why haven't you trained them? And here's what we would all say. We'd all say, I don't have time to train them. It's yeah. faster for me to just do it myself. Yes. And again, that is true once, maybe twice, but, but through the, through the lens of significance, it's not. And so what we use is this rule called the 30 X rule. The 30 X rule suggests that you should consider spending 30 times the amount of time it takes you to do a task once on training someone else to do that task for you. Can you say, just, could you say that again, just so our listeners pick that up? This is great. Yeah. And I'll use some numbers to walk you through it, but Perfect. Um, the 30 X rule simply stated is spend 30 times the amount of time it takes you to do a task once on training someone else to do that task for you. And before you go on, because when I first heard that, I was like, that's exactly why I don't delegate because I don't have 30 times. 30 times. Right? That sounds right. insane. But, but then I kept, I, you know, I kept reading it and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. So keep going. Yeah. So, so, so let's use a real life, you know, mathematical illustration. Here. So let's say you have a task that takes you five minutes a day to do. Okay. The 30X rule suggests that you should spend 150 minutes training someone how to do that task. So almost three hours this is, to train someone to do that. Almost. Yeah. And this is and this is where you where I lose people because they go, <laughs> that is insane. That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. What could be a greater waste of time yeah. than spending 150 minutes <laughs> training someone to do a task I could just do myself in five? And the answer is. It is insane if you only make the urgency calculation, if you only live in the paradigm of here and now. But if you make the significance calculation, the significance calculation changes everything. Because if you take that five-minute task and we're going to apply a literal significant, significance calculation lens of one year, 
Okay. So you spend five minutes a day on the task. Let's just look at one year, not over the lifetime of your career, but one year. There's about 250 working days in a year. Okay. So the reality is you're not spending five minutes on that task. It's you're spending five minutes a day on it, and there's 250 days in a year, which means you're spending 1,250 minutes on the task. And so when you look at it through that lens, all of a sudden you go, oh, well, maybe this isn't such a dumb idea after all, because it's not, should I spend 150 minutes to save five? It's, should I spend 150 minutes to save 1,250? The answer is just as obvious as it was before, but it's the complete opposite of what you thought. And this is the part that's crazy. The task hasn't changed. The people haven't changed. The circumstance hasn't changed at all. The only thing that has changed is the mindset of the leader, the, the paradigm by which they evaluate the task, the lens at which they view the problem. Their perspective has changed. And so you go, okay, well, yeah, I'll spend 150 to save 1250 and, um, And if you were to evaluate this, like uh, this use of time like a use of money, that's where it really gets crazy. But you're, you're saying that by doing that, by training, taking two and a half hours to train one person to a five minute task, you're getting 90% of your time back from that experience or just one year. And that is mind blowing, Rory. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, 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 so let's evaluate it. Like you said, 90%, but let's evaluate it the way you would evaluate an investment. Okay. So okay, here's yeah. how we evaluate. And if I came up to you, Jason, and I was like, you know, fancy financial advisor. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey Jason, boy, have I got a deal for you. I have an investment <laughs> where I can guarantee you a 733% return <laughs> on your investment. You would be like, scammer yes no way too good to be true full of baloney like you that's like your mind would go there and 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 you know if we're talking about money you probably wouldn't be wrong like there's not many 733 percent investments but i want to evaluate the example that we just walked through uh the same way we would uh, of the investment of time the same way you would have evaluated an investment of money so so here's the thing you actually don't save, you don't, you, the, the net return is not 1,250 minutes. So you did save 1,250 minutes, but you also invested 150, right? Because you, you, so you have to right. subtract that. Right. So it's like I, I put 150 in and I got 1,100 back. Yeah. I think, so, so you got to reduce it a little bit, but I still, if I put 150 in, I got 1100 back over the course of one year. That is a 733%. And here's a new term for everybody. Write this down. R-O-T-I, return on time invested. The next generation of cost savings will not be about saving money. It will be about saving time. That's amazing. So now I want to pivot just a little bit, Rory, because I want to take this principle and then apply, because I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who are at various levels in an organization, and also just to be frank, various socioeconomic levels in society. And so sure. my guess is sometimes sure. you, get, you get pushed back and people are like, well, yeah, it's easy for the CEO to delegate. It's easy for the people in middle management to delegate. But like, what would you say to a person who's an entry level worker or who's someone who's at the, at the broader on the more, more outside the circle of the, the hierarchy of the organization? How, what does delegation look like for them? 
Great question. All right, so let's bring it down a uh, bring it down a notch, okay? So let's let's say let's say that you're you're a you're a uh, you know moderate wage or minimum minimum wage or moderate wage earner, okay? Yep. yep. Um, um, this is one of my favorite things to do is to go. You should hire someone to clean your house. And the person says, I and can't he, afford that. There's no way I can afford I that. I can't right? afford it. Yeah. There's no way I can afford it. I don't have the money. But here's the thing to realize. With every single task in your life, you already are affording it because you're either paying someone else at their rate of pay or you're paying yourself at yours. So if if you make $20 an hour, but you could get someone to clean the house for $12 an hour, you should make that trade-off, and then you should take that time and reinvest it into something that you can make $20 an hour. Um, now, it's not always about money. Some of this is just about peace of mind. You know, people are so bloody stressed, like we're so overwhelmed. Um, and that's because we're too attached to money. Like we're we're and but but if you make a calculation like this, you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay somebody to help me with this task so that I can get that time back with my kids or I get that time back with my spouse or or whatever. And look, I know that COVID COVID has changed the world, but Remember, remember the law of physics, right? Let's take us back to high school. Um, law of physics: for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Reaction. Yeah. So another way of saying that is that for every challenge, there is an equal and opposite opportunity. Yeah. For every challenge, there's an equal and op opposite opportunity. So when people stopped going to the stores. What happened is you, you still need to eat. So somebody has to bring the food to them. Yeah. All you have to do is ask, what, where do people need help? What's the new problem? How can I solve the new problem? So I have a whole section on my phone, which are, uh, it's a group of apps that is called Automate. Yeah, okay. And so, th um, so the number one Automate app that I have um, is 1Password. Yep. So all of my passwords are stored in one place. Yep. How many times do you lose your password? Yes. You got to look it up, yep. reset it, da, 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 da. So you have that. Amazon is in Automate. Ship stuff right to my house, yep. right? Yep. I think COVID is accelerating the trend that has already happened. Like that, that, that the opportunity for digital based businesses and automation is, is, is accelerating. It's not that there's not work to be done. There is work to be done. It's just different work than before. And the key is, you know, your mindset, like you, you got to protect your mindset. You got to, you, you got to develop, you got to grow. That's why the global leadership network is so important. That's why the global leadership summit is so important. It's like, you know, listening to these podcasts. That's why we, we do so much at, at RoryVadenBlog.com is because it's like the real asset is, you know, is, is this, this gift that God has given you your mind to be able to adapt and evolve. And, um, yeah, you know, so that's, that's, That's great. Game. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. And just to to add, because you mentioned this in terms of having your kids be a part of this, you know, I've I've had a personal assistant probably for over a decade now, way before I could afford to pay one. And I had mm -hmm. friends in my life or people who are at different stages of life 
who had some discretionary time and who who cared about me or cared about what I was trying to create in the world. And my, my first yes. two my first two personal assistants were volunteers, and I, you know, I talked to people interns. all the time. Yep, interns. Yep interns, sisters-in-laws, cousins, yep. like uh, high school kids looking to make 10 bucks an hour, what, you know, f whatever. Like the, there is, it's just about being creative. Yeah. And, and once you realize the 30X rule, like once you get your mind there, all the answers will start showing up. It's it's just about asking the right question. Yeah, Rory, could you talk a little bit about what are those questions? What are the key questions that represent an, an, an automated mindset or an automation mindset that our listeners can start asking themselves? So the first question, which is the premise of the whole book is, is what I'm doing right now creating time tomorrow? Great, yep. Okay, then it'd be the focus funnel. So eliminate is what can I stop doing because by stop doing it, if by anything I say no to today creates time tomorrow because it prevents me from doing something I would have otherwise been doing. So eliminate is one of the widest swaths of opportunity for multiplying time. Um, so what can I automate? In yep. other words, what can I create a process for? Or to help you identify it, ask yourself this. What do we keep doing over and over and over again manually? That's great. Yep. Okay. Yep. Delegate. Uh, delegate to me is sort of the runoff of automate is going, what am I, what are we doing over and over and over again? And the first question is, you know, can we create a process or a system for it? The second is, well, if I can't do that, then I need to get a person to do it. Yes. Yep. Great. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then procrastinate, procrastinate on purpose, you know, pop, we call it for short, which is where the book title comes from. By the way, I, 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 I we should have called the book how to multiply time. That's mm. what we call the Ted talk. Yeah. Um, because the book isn't about procrastination. The book is about how to multiply time. But yeah. but the where the title comes from is saying what is insignificant and trivial and um, that I can delay on purpose. Like, just because I got an email doesn't mean I have to answer it. Just because I have an idea doesn't mean I have to act on it. Just because somebody asked me to go to coffee doesn't mean I have to, to, to be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, is just going... What are things that I don't, I'm not even saying no to them. I'm just saying not right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's procrastinating on purpose. Yeah. And then concentrate, which is the most important. This is the bottom of the focus funnel, which is the most important question of all, which is what are the things I can do right now that create more time for me tomorrow? What are the things that I can do once and how can I do it in a way once that it will take care of itself in the future. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Rory. And, and by the way, in with uh, with saying no to things, in your book, you actually include actual emails of people saying no to you, which I thought was <laughs> yes. which I thought was fantastic. And, and it shows us the gracious way that you can say, not right now, or this is what I'm committed to. So I highly, again, recommend people check that out. Well, thank you, Rory. And by the way, thank you for spending time with us that, that uh, your message could be multiplied and that we can continue to equip leaders to lead more effectively and to apply what you've been talking about in a way that helps us serve even more people. We really appreciate it. And thanks again. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's my honor. Uh, um, all the best. Be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> See you later. You too. I know you're going to have your own takeaway. Here's mine. It's that foundational question that high performers ask, which is, what can I do today to create more time tomorrow? 
I know that's a game changer for me, just that simple paradigm shift and applying that question to my today to improve my tomorrow. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.